Ezekiel chapter 37, beginning at verse 1. I want to read uh, verse 1 through 19. The hand of the Lord was upon me, Ezekiel said, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he had uh, me around among them, and behold, there was a very uh, many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I answered, uh, and I answered, O Lord, you know. And then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, and cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and your breath, uh, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I uh, prophesied as I commanded. As I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinew on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain and they, that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Whenever I come to this text, one of my favorites in the Old Testament Whenever I come to this text, it's uh, kind of like it's difficult for me not to pick up an accent. <laughs> I don't know how your experience is, but you go back to where you grew up and your your hometown, your you know the people that you grew up around, the people that know you the best, and um, the state, the the locality, whatever. And then you're there a little while and you start picking up the accent, don't you? Of what you was like when you grew up and what your experience was like. And uh, I, we've laughed a lot of times at family members when uh, my wife is from Arkansas, and so when we go back there and we're there for a little bit of time, all of a sudden they pick up on the slang and they're starting to talk just like you know they're they're from uh, there again. It's all the memories come back, all the things that you're familiar with, and uh, all the things that were a part of your language and culture. And for me, when I come to this text and and I spend time here. It's, it's like the accent wants to return from my upbringing, which is a Pentecostal accent and upbringing in, in Pentecost. And sung a little bit about it in that, uh, that last song, Dry Bones Rattling. And uh, it reminds me of the gatherings that we have. And in Pentecost, we're given uh, the permission both to experience God in our emotions, but also experience God uh, intellectually and understand what he has to say. And and when you come to passages like this, people in Pentecost get a little excited. Uh, they get a little fired up. Can these bones live? And in the hour in which you and I are living in this moment, 
I think these words are very significant for us. This passage is so significant for us. It's something that I felt anointed of God to bring to you today. And to share the essence of what God wants to say to you through this passage. What does it take to bring life to dead bones? In 2014, 4,000 churches opened across the U.S., but 3,700 closed. Each year, that gap has been narrowing to the point to where we are right now. One of the fastest growing Christian movements in the world revealed recently that they had opened 990 churches, but closed 979. Can these bones live Again, Ezekiel was living in bondage in the land of Babylon, which is significant for us to understand as we understand how God was ministering to him and sharing with him and and bringing this vision to life for him so that he could fully understand what God was saying, not only to him, but for the people of Israel who were living in bondage. Ezekiel saw himself suddenly in the midst of a valley that was filled with bones of a great number of people. The bones had once been a mighty army, and they had been here now in this valley for a long time, and they were very dry, and they were scattered, likely scattered by animals and um, prey and things over the years. And God asked Ezekiel a very unusual question. We would not be asking one another such a question. When you see something fully dead, no one comes to you and says, can this live again? And certainly when you see just the remains of what once was, no one asks you, can these live again? But God comes to Ezekiel to ask a question that calls him to fall back on uh, his relationship with God. Can these dry bones live? They're dry bones. They're scattered bones. The language here uh, used to refer to these bones uh, is literally says from the original language that they were bleached out bones, which means that they were even discarded by animals. Animals will pick up bones for a long season after they they are uh, you know uh, exposed from the body and will carry them around because there's even food and sustenance in the marrow of the bone. And so animals like to get down to even the marrow of the bone, and there's, there's, there's uh, sustenance there. There's something that they can, can be provided for them to help them in life, even in the marrow of a bone. But in this instance, as we see this picture, that's, it's, and the original language of Scripture is telling us that there, there was not even any marrow life. These were bleached out bones to the point where they were brittle, they were useless for anything, could not even be used as tools to, to hammer out uh, and, 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 and use uh, in building or anything else. These, these were discarded bones, scattered bones, bleached bones. There was no life in them. Many of them at this point probably shattered as people had walked upon them and they were scattered so that you could not even recognize what belong to one or the other, separated from one another, scattered, dried out, bleached to the point of no life left in them. 
a hopeless picture, and God asks Ezekiel, can these bones live again? The other picture that we have here is their place that Ezekiel finds them is in the valley, and this is a dangerous place for any army to be located is in the valley. Army uh, understand and great generals understand that you want the high ground. You, you do battle best from the high ground. And an army who is uh, traveling for a long distance in the valley is at risk. And this army had traveled too long in the valley and had succumbed to their enemies. They had perished in the valley. The valley was a dangerous place for warfare. Armies that travel in the valley too long are at great risk. And he says, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, only you know. God brought Ezekiel to a place that is very humbling because it's a place of defeat. Many of you have walked uh, across the U.S. and visited locations uh, on vacation where you have been to uh, where there has been great battles fought and great loss of life, civil war battles, the early battles between uh, the United States and, and England, and, and all of these kinds of warfares. When I was growing up in Arizona, there were battles, uh, there were signs that depicted places where there were battles between the Native Americans and, and the soldiers, and there was great loss of life. And there was one place I remember in particular very close to where I lived when we were in Miami, Arizona. It was called Bloody Tanks. And so referred to because there was such slaughter there between both the soldiers and the Indians that the creek bed literally run red with the blood. We have been to these places, and they are places of great humility. They bring us kind of back to our own uh, mortality, and we start thinking about how fragile life is. And other than, than, than visiting these places, at times we begin to feel lifted up, and as if we are, you know, a, a mighty conquering uh, civilization, and yet when we go and visit these places, we, we realize how fragile our civilization is, how, how quickly things could, could turn from what we know them to be to something other, something destructive. We feel good about ourselves after a victory, maybe even a little proud. But defeat takes its toll. And we can all say in great humility, as Ezekiel said when God asked him, can these dry bones live? When we're standing in the middle of our humility, we can say, God, only you know. Because I don't see a way out of this, God. I don't see any answer. Only you know whether these bones can live. Only you know whether life can come back into my hopes, into my dreams, into my marriage, into my family, into our livelihood. God, only you know. And then he said to me, prophesy over these bones. And say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. 
And I will lay sinew upon you and cause flesh to come upon you and cover your skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. Significant that the whole purpose of what God is doing and resurrecting and bringing back life is that they might know that he is God. Sinew upon you, tendons coming back. Flesh to come up on you, all the muscles and the flesh of your body beginning to come back on these skeletons, breath in you. You shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. Everything God has been doing in you is about bringing life. Everything that God has been doing in you is about bringing life to you. There's nothing that you can do to make these bones live again. God is rebuilding you from the destructive defeat of sin, and he is building you again. And as I prophesied, Ezekiel said, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinew on them, flesh had come up on them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. What a visual. I don't know like uh, how many of you, probably not many, remember Jason and the Argonauts, the original movie. It's probably done in the, in the 50s, late 50s maybe. And uh, I have that mental picture when I think about this and those, those skeletons coming back together and uh, trying to form an army and Jason and his army trying to fight them off and drive them back and... And it was a claymation at the time that it was so realistic and, and so profound. And I think about that when I think about this story as this mighty army begins to raise up in the presence of Ezekiel in this valley. And he sees all of these bones coming back together and life beginning to happen. And, and he sees the tendons and he sees the muscle and then he sees the skin, the flesh and the skin coming together. And this mighty army is standing upright, but it's at this point, just like they're zombies, they're all standing at attention, but there's really still no life in them. God's not finished. He's been doing a work. He's been, he's been bringing these bones back together, bringing a sense of unity, bringing a sense of the army back together. And, and uh, clad, I can see them clad uh, with their, their armor and, and their swords and, and rising up as a mighty army in this particular valley. But they're standing still because there's still no life in them. What a visual. Bones connecting. It's the song that we learned very young. The head bone connects to the neck bone. Comes from this passage. We're, we're, we're seeing this happen. Ezekiel is watching it take place. And suddenly their features begin to take place. Their face begins to form over uh, the body. That, 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 but there is no life. A sound that preceded the miracle is talked about here. A sound. There's another sound, the rattling of the bones, but before that sound, Ezekiel hears a sound he describes. It reminds me of a passage in Acts chapter 2, and suddenly there came a sound. 
from the heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. The day of Pentecost, a sound that came. And Ezekiel standing in the valley, suddenly there's a sound. And then the rattling of bones coming together of this great and mighty army. And then a sound was followed by breath. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breathe, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Everything that God has been doing inside of you has been about bringing life to you. And now God's saying, invite my breath that you might rise up as a mighty army, that you might become all that I've called you to be, that you might answer the call that I have on your life, that you might worship me in spirit and truth, that you might become the army that I've called for such a time as this that you and I live in right now. Lord, speak the breath of life to your church. Lord, breathe into every single mom who's trying to raise her children and struggling to provide for them. Lord, breathe your breath into every marriage. Breathe your breath into our children, Lord, who are living in unprecedented times. Breathe your breath into addicts bound by substance abuse. Breathe your breath, Lord, into generations who have lost their meaning for life and their meaning for existence and have taken on some other cause because they feel no purpose or cause for their life. And it's resulted in some violence. Lord, breathe into our government officials who crave power at any cost. Lord, breathe into men and women that are bound by sexual addiction. Breathe into the rich. Breathe into the poor. Breathe into the homeless and the hopeless. Lord, breathe into the friend and to the stranger. Breathe into the foreigner. Lord, breathe into the black and to the white and to the brown. Breathe life. Lord, breathe into the suburbs and breathe into the downtown. Lord, breathe into the fearful. Breathe into the bound. Breathe life. Let your spirit fall. Let the sound come precedes the work of the Holy Spirit, the transformational work, breathes the breath of life into God's people for mission, purpose, meaning.
Sin has dealt a, a death blow to you, your life, and to my life. Fear has kept us in prison. Rejection has scarred your image. Worry has wasted your time. Addiction has stolen your family. Bitterness has taken your joy away. And anger has destroyed your peace. God, breathe. Breathe into us. I want to invite our worship team to come back. I would like to ask them to sing that song again. About God's raising up of dead bones. And I want to ask, invite you to stand with me. Right now, I believe God is at work. He's at work at those of you who are at home. He's at work in this building among those who are present. I believe that you can sense and feel that what God has been doing in recent days, and even right now, this sinew is growing again on you. He's brought these dead bones back together, and you're beginning to feel the tinglings of life again that only God can bring, the work that only he can do. Where it has seemed extremely hopeless and where there has been no answer and where you have said, God only you know, God has come now and the sound is happening right now in this moment. And you can see the sinew coming back, the flesh healing around muscles. Your ears are hearing the sound of God's word. I want to invite you in these next moments to open your mouth and receive the fresh breath of the Holy Spirit. Let him breathe life into you again. A sense of purpose, sense of meaning. His destiny for your life breathed into you again. So where before it seemed hopeless, there is now filled with hope, with joy. And the whole purpose of what God is doing in you right now in these moments is so that you will know that he is the Lord. Because what is impossible with man is possible only with God. Let's worship him and sing together.